The Wreck Quest. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Who was that guy? That's a new guy. <laughs> Never heard that guy's voice the, before in my life. The spooky crypt master. Oh, I like the yeah. spooky crypt master. Yeah. Uh, well, he was here to introduce you to a new <laughs> show we're doing. Oh my gosh! I know what new show time. This is exciting. Big, brave new world. Mm. Um, essentially, me and Dave have both written some fantasy stories essentially some fantasy fiction i suppose 100% yeah because as you know books are for nerds but if you have those stories read to you by the author <laughs> then you're practically a king you're practically a king among men so that's all we're doing for you guys for absolutely naught pounds oh god we're good to you god you're lucky lucky souls you do nothing for us well there is one thing you can do because what we've done is we've written these stories based off two prompts mm-hmm. and today's prompts are Ancient buildings and cursed swords. Mm-hmm. It may have been ancient temples, but <laughs> one of us may not have quite read the brief. Quite read the brief. <laughs> but if you guys want to give us two prompts or one prompt or any any, any amount of prompts you want to give us, yep. you can give us those prompts on breakfast underscore club on either Twitter or Instagram. Yep. And we'll yep. 100% Take them on board. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you didn't commit to doing them. <laughs> no, we <laughs> we'll, will, though. We'll 100% consider them. Consider them. No, we, we almost certainly will. We will, yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, Unless so, they're real shit. So Dave, how, how did you find writing your story? I wanted... Mate, I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I really, really did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I struggled with the concept initially, but then once I had something, I was like, oh, I'm so into this. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed it. You just get really into it, don't you? You do yeah. really Same get here. into it, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll go first, shall I? Mm. So Dave, are you ready to hear my story of cursed swords and ancient buildings (laughs) i am i'm very excited let's go let's go this is called the rise of adrian grublet (laughs) already amazing yeah a low rhythmic chanting could be heard in the deep recesses of his mind come oh the voice spoke come the image of an old ruin atop a destitute mountain seemed to swim into the boy's inner eye (laughs) come Although the castle seemed half-melted as though by dragonfire, the rough outline of what were once beautiful, crenellated turrets and a huge central spire seemed to materialise, showing what this place once was. Nice. Good use of crenellated. Love it. (laughs) Come. 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 Adrian Grublet's eyes shot open. Come. 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 The circle of boys were shouting as Adrian fruitlessly waggled his wand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he looked from his wand to the floor. Sat on a saucer was one of Archmage Ishis's finest grain digestibles. <laughs> he couldn't do it. He couldn't make it come. Not while everyone was watching. No, a lot of us have that problem. <laughs> come, come, come. Lug boys, said a pimply little scrote. The, the grub can't even perform a simple summoning spell. Smythe Krugerand looked around. At his chanting lackeys, Adrian stopped trying. Smythe was right. Smythe Krugerand, that's a very good name. Spears Realm is a fucking weird place. <laughs> From the prostitute-laden streets of Brotholonia, <laughs> all the way up to the tear mines of Misery Mountain. <laughs> nice. They mine tears, <laughs> What do they do with the tears? <laughs> God, what, who knows? That's a really different that's story. That's story, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were never a stone's throw from someplace crazy. But not many places were stranger than Archmage Delamitri Ishis's Institute for Natural, Curative and Extraplanar Learning, located in the capital of Spears Realm, Radical City. That's a cool city name. 
<laughs> no one in Radical City used the term wizard school because of the obvious socio-political stance of the phrase nowadays. <laughs> that and wizards are fucking lame. <laughs> Everyone in Spears Realm knows this, but sadly life would be unlivable without magic, and so the city folk would call it by its shorthand, the incel school. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the incel school was a colossus of a building. A third of it was a campus for all the nation's wannabe spell-slingers, a third housed the little shits, and the final third was an enormous magical factory used in the manufacture and distribution of biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to show up again? No. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I thought this was going to be an integral plot point, the biscuits. <laughs> nope, not even this school. It was in one of the dormitories that Adrian now lay daydreaming. He couldn't shake the image of that shitty, ghostly castle from his mind. Was it real, he thought? Yes. Was it just my imagination? No. <laughs> was it possible that someone or something was calling out to me? Just come and fucking find me, you stupid little bitch. <laughs> Wizard Jesus Christ. <laughs> good work, good work around me. He's <laughs> canon. The alien thoughts were blurted in his brain like one of those weird silicon pipe things pumping cream into buns. <laughs> the infiltrating voice was right, though. Adrian was a bitch. <laughs> he was the child of a barbarian and a druid. Kreb Skullpisser, his father, had gone off on his two-decade-long pilgrimage just before, he, just after he was born. Pilgrimage, that's very good. A tradition of barbarians. I'm very much looking forward to the spin-off story <laughs> of the, the Skullpisser <laughs> and how he got that name. <laughs> Amelia Skullpisser, nay, Sunsooth, was soon called away to action as an impartial ambassador representing the tree folk of Dolgardenia in their long-standing war against Nozone the Warlock. <laughs> Thus, she handed Adrian over to the willful embrace and outstretched hand of Radical City's private education system. Nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, the skull pisser family. At this point, you may all be saying, But narrator, we've caught you out. Why is Adrian's surname different to his current story name? Real thick move there. <laughs> Problem is, magical schools across, across Spears Realm always give students new family names based on their ability after the first uh, le- first term. That's convenient. That's you fucking told, isn't it? <laughs> Keep your beak out. <laughs> Got away with it. Cake. Cake, Cake had yeah. and eaten. Back to Adrian's bitchiness. He was fucking useless. <laughs> shit at spells and worthless in a scrap a real no pointer (laughs) but he didn't want to be like this he wanted to show everybody that he could live up to his parents names and deeds so it was now who wouldn't want to listen live up to the skull (laughs) pisses pisses. (laughs) that that traditional name yeah (laughs) that name of great honor the great honor the pisses (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it was now laying on his almost certainly stained bed, that he decided to get a fucking grip and find the mysterious dream castle. Nice, okay. Good. <laughs> After some real boring investigation work, map finding, map reading, looking over old stories and legends, speaking to professors, that sort of shit, he'd found where he needed to go. Atop Mount Fallacia, the crumbling keep known only as Fallacia's Suffering. <laughs> He was also already there because traveling is fucking boring too. <laughs> Walking, camping, climbing, you know the drill. Boring. <laughs> Why don't more authors do this in their book? 
<laughs> just cut to the good bit. <laughs> cut to the good bit. Adrian stood at it. Fucking not... take note, Tolkien. <laughs> you fucking... Oh, the grass. Oh, yeah, the oh, town. 600 poems on the way to fucking yeah. Fallacio Mountain. No, nah, I weren't in this story. <laughs> if you want them, write them yourselves. <laughs> Give us a prompt of poems. <laughs> Adrian stood an enormous archway, certainly where a huge door would have been, but now it was just an empty cavity. He stumbled over errant rubble until he emerged in a dimly lit room. It must have been the it must have been the old throne room, because there was a throne in it. <laughs> just then, out of the gloom in one of the corners, a skeleton sprung out. It looked for all the world as though it was doing a jig. Ah! Shouted Adrian in shock. Well, what are you doing? A jig! <laughs> what the fuck does it look like? Are you fucking blind? <laughs> the skeleton chattered at him. Uh, no, I... Who the fuck are you? <laughs> the skeleton asked, annoyed, bone popping and flexing the whole time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm uh, Adrian. Uh, pleased to meet you, Adrian replied. I'm Adrian. I've got piss in my girly little dress. <laughs> the skeleton mocked. The skeleton's a dick. <laughs> it was spinning on its skull now. <laughs> It's a robe. I'm a... Listen, do you fucking want some? You've entered the bone zone now, little man. I'll fuck you up. Oh, no way. No way has Adrian entered the bone zone. <laughs> you don't want to inadvertently stumble into the bone zone. No, you don't. Well, I've made that, I don't mistake. Know. I've made that mistake too many times. It pulled off one of those double spins like what Torville or Dean did. I can't remember which. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I don't want some, said Adrian shakily. The skeleton stopped dancing. Oh, sorry. It's uh, <laughs> People usually do, you see. I'll be off then. <laughs> then it did the robot and shimmied out of the room and into another story, probably. Amazing. Absolutely my favourite character so far. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly put off by the whole interaction, <laughs> Adrian stopped to think. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, I almost died, yeah. <laughs> slightly put off. Yeah. Only slightly. Yeah, well, he's a hero. Oh, fucking, is he? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a no-mark. It's a bit so of a rinse window, yeah. I think I've stolen it. <laughs> he had a strange feeling that this was the room he was supposed to be in, but now the skeleton of dance had left. It was almost entirely empty. He approached the throne. It was resplendent. Somehow, it had been untouched by whatever had destroyed the rest of this castle. He chanced his arm. Secretis Revelio. He didn't actually have to say those words, but again, wizards are fucking lame. <laughs> a small symbol on the back of the throne started to glow. It looked like a drawing of a root vegetable. He pressed his finger to it, and he knew before it happened that the throne was about to move. He was right. It slipped back on hidden rails to reveal a set of stairs leading down. At the bottom was a small, almost empty room, at the centre of which was what looked like a sword hilt protruding from the floor. Adrian approached it. He couldn't stop himself. He reached out and grabbed the hilt. Immediately, he felt a surge of something ripple through his body. He felt it directly in his balls, too. <laughs> like, you went, like when you go over a hill too fast in a skelly car. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. He pulled, and a beautiful shimmering sword burst out of the stone floor. It was about the length of a bastard sword, but it was exceptionally light to hold. Even a weedy little shit like Adrian could swing it single-handed. Adrian looked it up and down. It looked like Dragonforged steel, but there was a slight red hue to the blade. Down one side, there was a runic inscription that read, Snarg. He didn't know what had happened, but he felt like he could do anything. Ooh. I need a drink, Adrian said to himself, oh, like a fucking become... dog. Yeah. 
<laughs> and not any pussy ass OJ either. Oh so my God. fucking mead. <laughs> Adrian, whoa. <laughs> Down at the foot of Fallacia Mountain. Adrian's become the Andrew Tate of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of Spears, Spears Realm. Down at the foot of Fallacia Mountain sat a little village called Almsbury. It was a relatively new village by building standards, but it was usually pretty quaint and pretty quiet. See why I didn't mention this place before. <laughs> Boring. It was here that Adrian now found himself slowly meandering through the cobbled streets. He heard a commotion in front of him. Two bandits were stood in front of a quivering man. I'm exercising my bandit right to mug the shit out of you, you fucking nerd, one of the bandits said. <laughs> Why does this sound so deliberate? You got a pretty yeah. mouth. I was going to write that. <laughs> and now you dribbled an amount of piss on my boots. You know I'm going to have to give you a beating too. He started flexing. I love this guy. Fucking hell. Leave the piss man alone, called Adrian. His voice sounded lower. He even held the sword in front of him like a cool guy. <laughs> the mouthy bandit turned to look at Adrian. Even better. That sword looks like it's worth at least a thousand rad coins. <laughs> rad coins. Amazing. The two looked at each other, and suddenly a cowbell and cymbal started playing out of fucking nowhere. The bandit sprinted at Adrian, drawing his daggers at the same time. Adrian just stood there. The bandit slashed at the new hero's throat, but he fucking matrix dodged backwards. <laughs> Have you seen her? So fine and pretty, moving with a style and ease. This is amazing. With a snarl still in hand, he backwards cartwheeled out of the way. The second bandit had drawn a bow, knocked an arrow and let fly. Just before it hit Adrian full in the face, he caught it, cartwheeled again, and fucking launched it back where it came from. And a feeler from across the room. <laughs> the arrow flew back so fast it caught fire as it narrowly missed the archer. Yes, it's love in the third degree. The first bandit had regained his balance. Ooh, baby, baby, won't you turn your head my way? He lunged at Adrian, but he axe kicked the bandit's hand with so much force he stabbed the floor, causing him to flip the fuck right over. He got up quickly. Ooh, baby, baby, come on, take a chance. You're old enough to. With his offhand dagger, he lunged at Adrian's legs while an arrow was whistling its way towards his head again. Adrian did one of those cool as fuck superhero jump spins right the fuck through the middle of them. <laughs> Dance the night away. Come on, come on and dance, dance the night away. Adrian landed gracefully and swung his sword arm up in an uppercut motion. Snarl sang as it sped towards the heavens. The tip of the blade connected with the seat of the bandit's pants. It immediately caused a tear as his gross bandit member flopped its way out into the cool mid-morning breeze. Oh my god. <laughs> Snarg's edge connected pristinely at the base of the dude's dick. <laughs> Where pillar meets ball. <laughs> Ground zero, such, if you will. Such imagery. Oh my god. His willy somersaulted into the air and it straight up exploded. <laughs> Van Halen stopped immediately. Oh, fucking hell, mate. That was incredible. <laughs> the, the inclusion of Van Halen made it yeah. feel like that entire scene had been written by James Gunn for one of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. That and then by Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely incredible. The bandit hit the floor. 
and slid face first, his hands already cradling, cradling his now lonely ball sack. The archer didn't have time to think oh before God. you could say, holy shit, you just cut that fucking guy's dick clean off. Adrian was on him. Oh, I'm, no. I'm gonna I'm behead worried. this clown. I'm worried for this guy. <laughs> he should be. I'm gonna behead. I'm gonna behead this clown. Adrian thought, but there was another voice in his head that said, "Not quite." <laughs> as he swung neckwards, he could feel a strange pull. What started as a straight slash ended up as a sort of pirouette. Oh no! Snarl was now arcing downwards. Oh no! It hit the archer's groin with a sickening squelch. Oh no! <laughs> Once again, a shaft was relieved of its post. <laughs> as it fizzed across the street like a poorly mauled firework. <laughs> it smashed through a nearby window where it exploded. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's silly. Adrian caught his breath as the two bandits lay bleeding on the floor. Thanks, I guess, said the piss man standing up. Don't mention it, Adrian said, as he reached out to shake the man's hand. Oh, no. At least that's what he tried to do. Oh, no. What he did instead was Spartan kick the cunt full in the chest. <laughs> he fell onto his back, and before he knew what was happening, oh, no. Adrian had raised Snarg and planted it straight the fuck down into the guy's cock, like Neil Strong in the arm and Buzzard Man Pauldron planted the Spears Realm flag on one of its 69 moons. <laughs> nice. The perfect amount of moons. <laughs> what is happening? Adrian thought. What is happening? Only now did he think, yeah. why are these dicks exploding? Just as the inevitable explosion happened, a second-story shuttered window burst open from across the street. Hey! A man shouted. Would you keep it the fuck down out there? I'm trying oh. to fuck my half-orc wife! Oh no, this guy's dick is getting exploded. He appeared in the window, naked as all hell. <laughs> the Van Halen was fine, but holy shit, you just cut that fucking guy's dick clean! <laughs> it wasn't as though Adrian moved himself. It was as though Spearsrail moved for him. <laughs> One instant, he was in the street looking at what he'd done. The next, he was perched on that fuck-hungry guy's window ledge. <laughs> <laughs> His sword came down like a guillotine, removing all hopes, dreams, and a good amount of pre-ejaculate from oh the horror-stricken man. <laughs> Many moons later... I'm beginning to see what the <laughs> curse of the yeah. sword is, yeah. Many moons later, when Smythe, Krugerand, and his adventuring party would wander into Elmsry to buy supplies and to rest up for the journey ahead, they would talk in the local tavern. They would discuss how the townsfolk were so, well, passive. Everyone who served them was a woman. They only saw the men of the village at night, and that was just them going to their homes. Apparently they worked either mining or stone-cutting all day. How very progressive, Smythe thought. <laughs> the end? Ooh. post credit scene. <laughs> zoom up the mountain to Fallacia's suffering. Sitting on the throne, his face covered in shadow, is a heavily armoured figure. Resting his hand on the hilt of an enormous sword. Ooh. A goblin was in front of him, shuffling large blueprints of a castle. The singular central tower reaching to the heavens with two large crenellated watchtowers sitting either side. <laughs> the throne man was paying no attention to the smelly little creature in front of him. He looked left, past the sword, and into a floor mirror where the skeleton used to be. Reflected back at him was the glow from the sword's runic inscription. Glans. <laughs> the end! <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I can't wait to find out what's going to happen to Smythe's uh, adventuring party. Maybe maybe they'll show up, maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll show up, maybe they won't. Yeah, it wasn't to be continued. Mate, that was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, yeah, oh my god. The Van Halen fight scene. 
chef's kiss, man. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely incredible. Oh, I was so happy writing that. Oh, fucking hell. That's like about 100 times. <laughs> oh my oh, god man. that was oh, amazing I'm glad I you liked it I hope the people at home enjoyed that as much yeah. as I did because yeah. fuck me I nearly spat my drink all over the mic <laughs> absolute insanity uh, right well I don't feel like my story compares now no, I've really lost faith in my story no no we can't have that <laughs> right we'll uh, we'll have a we'll do a little silly interlude and then we'll be back for Dave's story let's of let's do it ancient buildings <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back with a tale of cursed swords and ancient buildings. Yeah. And this time it's my turn for the story. Sadly, there's no D Dickings in my story. <laughs> Isn't there? I don't think so anyway. Right. Can we can we peel back the curtain a little bit? Yeah. Because about a week ago or maybe two, you messaged me saying <laughs> I'm really scared that our stories are going to be very similar. I did say similar. that. I was worried they were going to be too <laughs> I was similar. thinking, yeah, yeah. I don't think they will. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 100% correct. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking think they will. <laughs> I don't think your brain's got my mind in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Should we get into it? Yeah, absolutely. I've not got a, yeah, I've not got a title for my stories. Come up well. with one right now. Uh, uh, no. I'm just oh, going to okay. get into it. It's called, it's called No. It's called No. That sounds like very much like a, a John Peel film. It's just the prequel to No. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're probably going to die, you know, said Sword. Clara ignored him and searched the corpse of the assassin for anything useful. She was trying to ignore the idea that if the assassin had anything useful, then he likely wouldn't now be a corpse. She was also trying to ignore the massive fucking claw marks across his chest. Clara was good at ignoring things, but Sword's persistent voice made it difficult. Sword did whatever the sword equivalent of clearing his throat was and tried again. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you're probably going to die, you know. Shut up, Sword, Clara hissed, trying to stay quiet. Anyway, if I die, you'll just be left here to rust. She smiled in satisfaction as she definitely heard the sword equivalent of a gulp. (laughs) What's that? Is that a singular (laughs) shing? (laughs) Shing. Sword hadn't always been a sword. (laughs) In fact, for a large part of his life, Sword had been a man. A man called Guy. A man called Guy? How long did it take you to call the name Guy? (laughs) Guy the man had dated Clara the woman for a short period one summer. (laughs) That's his surname. Guy the man. The man. (laughs) The man. For a short period one summer and had become quite infatuated. And undeterred by the fact Clara kept repeatedly referring to him as a pity fuck. <laughs> or the fact she kept sleeping oh, with other people. Oh, man. Oh, guys are fucking... <laughs> he's been hurt. No, as we've established, Guy was once a man and as such had an innately inflated sense of self-importance and an almost childish sense of entitlement. Therefore, you can imagine Guy's absolute shock when Clara ended the relationship. But we're soulmates, he had whined. This feels like it's come out of nowhere, he said stupidly because almost anybody with even an ounce of intelligence could have seen it coming a mile off. (laughs) Unfortunately, Guy, a bloke, did not have even an ounce of intelligence, which is why what he did next was so unbelievably (laughs) dim-witted. He's not a man anymore, he's not a bloke. And that has a lot of different connotations, yeah, that's fair enough. (laughs) He cursed Clara. And this was a time and place of magic, when a curse really meant something, and wasn't just calling someone a cunt or something. (laughs) So, Guy, the man, cursed Clara for having the audacity to reject him 
becoming the weirding world's first, though sadly not last, incel. Oh man, how we, I can't believe it. Maybe you are similar. I had the incel school. <laughs> As it so happened, someone with an ounce of intelligence had been watching the whole thing. One of the lesser-known demigods had been quite enjoying the soap opera quality of Guy, the mortal man, and Clara, and had been considering a little divine intervention, as the gods are wont to do, for some time. And so when Guy cursed Clara with something stupid like, I hope you're stuck with me for as long as you live, the demigod happily obliged by turning the man called Guy into a sword. (laughs) What an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Called sword. The demigod reasoned that a curse is a curse, and so unfortunately Clara should be bound to Guy, now a sword, for the rest of her life. But, if that was to be the case, then there should at least be a point to the man. No longer a guy, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking... You wordsmith, you. (laughs) It also had that poetic justice that the gods were so fond of, because Guy the man had always been such a massive fucking weapon. (laughs) Oh, my guy's getting roasted. <laughs> Absolutely, my man's getting fucking roasted. He sounds like a prick. He's though. a dick, yeah, he is. Sword reflected sadly on his situation as Clara went about looting the corpse of the man who was meant to be the hero of this story. And as she looted, she silently reflected about her own foolish actions that had brought her here. To say that the thump in was rough was kind of like saying the sky is blue, inasmuch as it's completely accurate. It was the kind of place where the regulars, if they could be referred to as such, would turn their heads in silence and look disgustedly at you, even if you yourself were a regular and had been sitting there since opening time. So Rock Ferry exists in your your world. That's pretty cool. It was the kind of place where the fight seemed to be on tap and 90% of the people in there had a lifetime ban, including the staff. There was no word for it in the local dialect, but it's what you or I might refer to as a (laughs) shithole. Oh, they haven't discovered shithole yet. Oh, he's they got a long way to go. <laughs> it was here, amongst some of the most dangerous and depraved characters imaginable, that Clara, swinging a tankard over her head, had started bragging to a table of bullmen. Bullmen? Bullmen. As in men who are bulls. Men who are bulls. <laughs> okay. So not guy men. Not guy bull men. Bullmen. <laughs> bull okay, yeah. fair enough. There's a distinction between yeah, bullmen like and guy it, men. Yeah. Big fan of bullmen, by the way. Yes, please. <laughs> There I was, right? Shield shattered to pieces, sword knocked out of reach, and this hideous beast eyeing me up like I was roast beef uh, lamb. I'm looking for anything to use as a weapon. <laughs> oh, man. People are going to miss that. <laughs> I'm looking for anything to use as a weapon when this monstrosity starts stomping its hooves and snorting, and then suddenly it's running at me full pelt. I dive towards it, roll and grab at whatever I can feel on the floor. I come up. I put my arm out and I feel the creature collide with whatever it is I've grabbed and I hear the squelch as it goes face first into the brush end of a toilet brush. (laughs) Me shit, said one of the bull men. (laughs) Me shit. (laughs) Oh God, that's a strong gag. Fucking me shit. All that just to put the bull men in this yeah, story who have I, no bearing on the rest of the I story. I really <laughs> hope they come back. I hope they're in multiple stories. <laughs> me shit. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> the only shit in that story, my friend, is whatever was on the end of that toilet brush, Clara said. You're Ooh. a liar, the bull man snorted, and he slapped the table as he rose to his hoof, wooden chair scraping ominously along the stone floor. Are you calling me a liar, Clara demanded, <laughs> as she faced up to the enormous half-bull, half-man. 
And while it isn't important for the story, it's interesting to note that these bull men are split perfectly on the left and right side, <laughs> rather than your more classic oh. upper lower sense. Oh, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> oh, man. These guys are fucking <laughs> sick. Oh, man, I'm well in for these. <laughs> There was a moment of uncertainty on the bull man's face as he thought about what he had just said. <laughs> How is that even fair? <laughs> the bull's only have they got four legs, so he's like the other the other leg. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it? I'm really racking my head about this. Uh, I'm not going to know. Maybe we'll get into the history of the yeah, bull man. Maybe someone could draw draw one of those bull men. Bullman. Oh my god! Oh my god! There was a moment of uncertainty on the bull man's face as he thought about what he had just said and what this little girl had said. And then he said, Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you who's a liar, she yelled, and she drew sword, the sword formerly known as Guy. It was at this point that Slippery Mick stepped in. Oh, don't like this guy already. <laughs> and put an arm around Clara. He'd been watching the whole thing. Slippery Mick had maybe a quarter ounce of intelligence. He was the kind of man who took it as a compliment when people said he had street smarts, not realising they meant to say he was thick as pavement. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Bullman. My friend meant no harm. Perhaps the drink has got to her head. Please, allow me to take her somewhere to sober up. Mick turned to Clara and gave her a conspiratorial wink. Slippery seemed like a good con name, like he was hard to pin down or he always got away with his crimes. Unfortunately, the truth was that Mick was an unbelievably greasy man. <laughs> Long, lank, black hair covered most of a pimpled, greasy face, except for the large nose that protruded through the curtains of unwashed hair. When he smiled, he revealed a mouthful of low-value coins that had been hammered into roughly tooth shape. Oh my god. (laughs) When he winked at Clara, he was trying to reassure her that she would be okay with him. Everything about him gave off the opposite (laughs) message. Before Clara could protest, he pulled her in close and walked her away to a dark corner of the inn, which was hardly a remarkable feat in a room predominantly made up of dark corners. <laughs> the smell from the man was awful, and the fact that she could smell him in this tavern meant that he truly must have smelt dreadful. Around them, the noise of rowdy drinkers and tankards being slammed down on wooden tables. As an unfortunate result of having to speak over the noise, Slippery Mick leaned in close. Oh, I can't do this, Slippery Mick. <laughs> That's a great name. God, he sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> no need to thank me, love. In fact, I'm going to buy you a drink, Mick smiled, and roughly grabbed a serving troll by the arm. Two ales, quick sharp. He turned back to Clara. So, I've seen you in here the past few nights. Oh, thank you, Clara gave an insincere smile. But I'm not interested. You don't know what I've got to offer yet, Mick protested. Mm. I suppose not, Clara said, but if I had to guess, I'd say it was disappointingly small and smelly. (laughs) What, Mick said, and then shook his head. No, no, nothing like that. The serving troll slammed two wooden tankards down on the table and then stomped off. Mick took a long slurping gulp with egregious slurping noises that made Clara shudder. (laughs) No, Mick said, sighing with satisfaction. What I've got in mind is much more up your alley. Clara made a face. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I made that same fucking face. <laughs> not like that, Mick cried. For fuck's sake, you're not even my type. I mean, it's much more suited to your particular set of skills. You've been in here each night telling fantastic tales of your monster slaying exploits, and I've got a job that I think could work out well for you. That is, of course, unless you were lying, the sleazy man lent in close, his unique stench filling Clara's nostrils. <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? she asked. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> She grabbed the hilt of sword, 
which Mick could have sworn gave an odd sort of grunt within the scabbard. <laughs> no, no, nothing of the sort, Mick said, holding his hands up in submission. You just can't be too careful, you know. He lowered his hands. Good, said Clara, taking her hand off the sword yeah. hilt. And it was good, because she had, in fact, been lying the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's not like being called a liar. <laughs> she really doesn't. No. <laughs> The truth was, a few weeks ago, Clara had been in the inn trying to scrape the money for a drink when she had overheard one of the king's knights telling a table of men about his most recent exploits involving dragons and maidens and whatnot. Several of the inn's customers had gathered round the knight and were hanging on his every word, and for the first time ever, Clara had seen some of the stingy old bastards offer to buy this man a drink. That was when she had the idea to start telling her own stories. Stop bullshit, me shit. <laughs> me shit. <laughs> At first, it hadn't been so easy. Riverbend was a small village, and most of the people in the inn had known Clara since she was a baby. They knew she was the daughter of a washerwoman and not some roving monster slayer. But she did have this strange new sword that she was always carrying now. To Clara's benefit, the people in her village were simple folk, and she found that it didn't take much to convince them that even things they knew were to be a lie were true. As it turns out, people are very willing to believe lies if they're told with enough confidence, <laughs> and by someone carrying a particularly sharp and fancy new sword. <laughs> It was even easier to trick gullible passers-by with tales of her exploits, and the locals were more than happy to let her get on with it if it meant they weren't the ones buying drinks. And so, for the past few weeks, Clara had been drinking for free by convincing people she was a battle-hardened monster hunter. Whatever job Slippery Mick had in mind, she thought, there had to be some way to trick him out of his money. She might as well hear him out. Okay, she said, what's the job? Mick smiled his coppery grin. Ah, oh, coppers as well. Mm. Not even nice coins. No. What a fucking loser. He's a fucking horrible guy. Yeah, I, hate him. <laughs> I hate him. No, I do really hate him. I, he, I genuinely hope he dies. I guess his dick cut off. <laughs> I have a client, Mick said. Rich fella. Goes by the name Lord Ultima. It's his job. He's waiting outside if you want to hear more about it. Clara thought about it for a moment and ignored a muffled cry of It's a Trap from Sword. She picked up a rail. Copyright infringement. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have Van Halen and the Star Wars yeah. estate. Oh yeah, no, we were already DMCA from mine. <laughs> she picked up a rail and drank it in one long gulp. Lead the way, she said to Mick. The greasy little man scraped his chair back and began walking towards the back of the inn, out the back door, and into the alleyway that was typically used by staff for bringing barrels and supplies inside. It was dark in the alley, and there was a faintly ominous dripping sound as the remnants of that night's downpour crept through the limestone walls. At the end of the alleyway was a rather grand-looking carriage, ornate golden facade and deep red upholstery. It was the kind of carriage that seemed to scream overcompensating. Clara had seen a few carriages like that in her lifetime, and she was still undecided as to whether only arseholes bought those kinds of carriages, or if buying those kind of carriages made you an arsehole. It's a good question. It's a good. It's, it's Schrodinger's arsehole, isn't it? It is. It's the BMW question. It is the BMW question, yeah. <laughs> the Schrodinger's arsehole, which would have been a totally different experiment. Yeah. yeah. If you walk into a room to find Schrodinger's arsehole yeah. in a box. If he's just always <laughs> bashing a cat into his arsehole. <laughs> Mick beckoned her forward to the carriage and she began to follow, but then froze as she heard an ominous and oddly hollow voice in the dark behind her. Give me all your money and get hurt. <laughs> Mick turned towards the voice looking behind Clara and his face turned white. He let out what at any other time would have been described as a comically high-pitched squeal. Nerves got the better of Clara and she coughed and said, It's no one gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment's pause and then, What? Y you're supposed to say, 
give me all your money and no one gets hurt. That's the saying, she babbled. But that would be a lie, the voice replied. <laughs> Who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> and Clara felt her knees start to turn to jelly. She turned slowly towards her would-be assailant and gasped as she came face to face with the biggest looking man she'd ever seen. His face was a patchwork of scars and different skin tones. The skin was stretched taut so that in some places bone was visible through it. There was a sickening necrotic quality to the man's lips and eyes. The eyes, Clara thought, as her own eyes widened. They were cloudy and yellow. If it wasn't for the fact that the man was walking and talking and holding a club, Clara would have sworn he was dead. The monster lifted its club. Slay the monster, Mick screamed from away back in the alley. (laughs) Yeah, fair play. (laughs) That's right, Clara thought, as she watched the brute raise his enormous club over his head in slow motion. I'm supposed to be a monster slayer, aren't I? I guess this is ironic then, in a way. She heard a muffled screaming at her side and almost laughed as she remembered Sword. Well, she thought, may as well put that prick to use somehow. Nice. (laughs) Get fucked, guy. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Time reverted back to normal as Clara drew the sword, closed her eyes, and slashed wildly. She kept her eyes closed and winced as she waited for the club to come down on her head. But it didn't. She heard a thump and jumped slightly, and then she opened her eyes. The creature was laying on its back, the club had dropped to the floor on one side of it, and its head had dropped to the other side. She decapitated the beast in one fell swoop. Nice. How the hell did I do that? she muttered. I've no idea. Trust me, you didn't even hit him that hard, replied Sword. You are a monster slayer, gasped Mick. The crashing of the carriage door being forcefully swung open made Clara wheel round. In the doorway of the carriage was an enormously rotund gentleman with the smallest eyes Clara had ever seen on a man. (laughs) He's got tiny eyes! (laughs) Staring angrily down a piggy little nose, underneath which sat a wholly ridiculous pencil moustache. The man looked like how you'd expect the owner of a ca- this carriage to look, which is to say, he looked like an arsehole. <laughs> I was going to say nonce. <laughs> I, I feel like nonce would suit as well, yeah. <laughs> My manservant, he bellowed. You've bloody lopped his head off. What? No, Clara began before realising that actually neatly summed <laughs> up exactly what had happened. <laughs> Lord Ultima, Mick quickly stepped in, smiling his greasiest grin. Please, my lord, we didn't know. Your man spooked us. Spooked you, Ultima said. Why, this girl is a murderess. Guards! Guards! A murderess. <laughs> <laughs> lord Ultima, please. She was only doing what comes naturally, Mick protested. This girl here is your monster slayer. The one who's going to do that bit of business that you wanted taken care of. Ultima stopped shouting and eyed Clara suspiciously. You? You're a monster slayer, girl. He quickly glanced at his manservant. Ah. I suppose that should have been self-evident, really. (laughs) Still, we've hardly gotten this business relationship off to the best of starts now, have we? However, can I trust a murderer? Clara stepped forward. Please, my lord, it it was an accident. I didn't even hit him that hard. He looked like he could take a beating. Hmm, Ultima said. I suppose you better step inside my carriage and we can can talk things through like grown-ups. Mick, be a good man and make sure we aren't disturbed. And with that, Ultima turned and climbed into the carriage. When Clara climbed inside, it was doubly as opulent in the carriage as it was outside. The space was enormous and draped in deep red satins and silks, gold filigree twisted ornately across every surface. (laughs) In the centre was a small table. On one side of the table, draped opulently on a plush red chaise lounge, Lord Ultima stretched out and watched Clara with his beady little eyes. 
clothes the dog. Wait, 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 wait. He's got a chaise lounge in his, <laughs> in his goddamn carriage. carriage. It's a fucking what arsehole a carriage, fucking mate. Fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> pure arsehole behaviour. 100% arsehole behaviour. <laughs> Close the door, girl, he demanded. And she did. Please, sit. She took a small stool opposite the man. He sighed and leaned back slightly, draping one hand across his face dramatically. I suppose you're wondering why I've brought you here. A man of wealth and means such as myself, seeking the services of a monster slayer in one of the dingiest little taverns in the whole continent. I'm guessing you want me to slay a monster, Clara stated simply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fair assumption. <laughs> Ultima's hand dropped from his face and he squinted at the girl. If it was possible for his eyes to become any smaller. Why has he got such small eyes? <laughs> he's got really tiny eyes. Yeah, well, can't <laughs> stress enough how can't small this guy is. Literally cannot say anymore. Piss holes in the snow. That's <laughs> <laughs> Very clever, he spat. But what you may not know, clever girl, is far from being an honourable and scrupulous lord. Clara had not thought he seemed either of these things. I am, in fact, the head of the Assassin's Guild. He smiled broadly and waited for a response. But Clara didn't really know what to say to that. Congratulations? Didn't really seem appropriate. <laughs> she decided to keep her mouth shut, which for some reason angered Ultima, who expected at least a mild gasp of admiration. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you would. Undeterred, he continued, You may or may not know that the king, in his infinite paranoia, has recently banned the Assassin's Guild and ruled all assassinations illegal. Can you imagine such a preposterous <laughs> thing? <laughs> No. <laughs> Imagine a world where assassination was illegal. Imagine. God, what a horrible world. <laughs> this time, Clara had at least the grace to shake her head. Ultima smiled. The problem, you see, is that assassination makes the world go round. High-level political rivals stopping you from achieving your career goals? Speak to the Assassin's Guild. Marriage not what it used to be? We've got an assassin for that. Neighbour keeps only trimming his side of the hedge? We'll trim him down to size. For a price. You see, we're the service that everyone needs, whether they like to admit it or not. If the king thinks he can stop assassinations by making them illegal, I'm afraid he's got another thing coming. <laughs> and that thing is a knife in the back. Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> At uh... least with the guild, we have a code. We have honour. Forcing us underground just makes the king's rich and powerful allies a lot less rich and a lot less powerful and puts assassination back in the hands of the common cutthroat. It simply won't do. He paused. And feeling awkward in the silence, Clara said, I didn't realise assassins had a code. Of course they do, foolish girl. We have to have a code. And sure, that code changes according to the price people are willing to pay. But it's the principle of the thing that counts. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Clara nodded for a moment, though she didn't really understand or agree. And then she said, So, wait, what do you need me for? Haven't you been listening to a word I've said? The king has banned assassinations, girl. You understand? She nodded. But assassinations still need to happen, right? She nodded again. And someone should be getting paid a fair wage for doing the job, right? She felt like she was being led slightly by the line of questioning. <laughs> but she nodded again. Well, there you go, Ultima said. Where have I gone, Clara asked. <laughs> Ultima exhaled in frustration. The guild of assassins will continue to exist whatever laws the king has passed. All the changes for us now is that we have to work more covertly. We'll still take contracts, we'll still supply the right people and the right tools for the job, and we will still be paid handsomely. However, the king wants all jobs approved by the realm so his minions can tax us all. His damn counting fairies <laughs> keep track of every coin in the realm. What good is all the money we make from killing people if we can't go out and spend it, I ask you? Not 
very good. Clara has a good again. Yeah, I mean, I'm with her. <laughs> Correct. So what we need is a way to take the money that we earn through our now shady dealings and funnel it into a legitimate taxpaying business so that the money is all nice and legitimate <laughs> and accounted for. She's going to be a washerwoman. No way. <laughs> she is the daughter of a yeah, washerwoman. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're a monster slayer, correct? Yes, she lied. Sword chuckled in his scabbard. Well, there you go. Monster slayers roam from village to village. If there's a monster to slay, the villagers band together and rustle up a reward. You get your rewards all through the year until it comes time to do your tax returns... And hey, presto, you're a legitimate business enterprise. Ultimate lean forward on the ship. He's got tax returns. Oh, man, what a miserable existence. <laughs> Fate, sometimes hey. fantasy meets reality. Sometimes, guys, you got to pay your goddamn taxes. <laughs> Look at Jimmy Carr. <laughs> Jimmy Carr. Look at Gary Barlow. Look at Gary Barlow. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. You don't be any of them. Don't fuck with the IRS. I get you, man. <laughs> Ultimate lean forward on the chaise lounge. Of course, as a legitimate business enterprise... You have outgoings and expenditures. Armour, weapons, magic potions, that sort of thing. Plus, you may need to bring in subcontractors from time to time. <laughs> You're explaining money laundering to our, to our listeners. Is that what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> Here we get this. We put it through one of those fucking... <laughs> magic washing machines. Magic washing machines that we've got. <laughs> you know, sell swords and cutthroats and apprentices and the likes. All expenses that add up. Who's to say how much the villagers offered you as a reward? Who's to say how much money you pay out in expenses? How would they even know if some of these figures were to be inflated? Well, said Clara, who was beginning to feel there was something decidedly <laughs> dodgy about this Lord Ultima. Won't people notice that people are still being offed? Ultima grinned, a real shit-munching grin. Yeah. That's the beauty of the plan. The people we target for assassination will convince people that they're really monsters. You know, vampires or werewolves or some shit. We'll run a smear campaign on them until the town is ready to pay to have them killed. You come in, claim the reward, go off, pretend to kill the target while our assassin does the dirty work. Bish bash bosh, everyone's happy. Apart from the person you've assassinated, Clara pointed out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't please everyone, Ultima said. So what do you think? I don't know, Clara said. It all sounds a bit not quite above board. The king seems pretty set on collecting his taxes, I mean. Ultima smiled. My dear girl, in, in case you forgot, I was just witness to a murder. This isn't a negotiation. Oh, it's got to buy the fucking bollocks. <laughs> got to buy the short and curlies. You're either the legitimate face of the Assassin's Guild, or else you'll find yourself meeting one of our members while she's locked up in prison. Ultima's face was deadly serious now. His piggy little features no longer as amusing as they had been. Clara thought she heard sword shivered in his scabbard. She vaguely wondered how that was even possible. I suppose you've got yourself a partner then, she smiled, and offered her outstretched hand to Ultima. He took it and shook it. Excellent, that's what I like to hear. Right then, let's get down to business. Wait, said Clara. That wasn't business. <laughs> Ultima laughed. That? Why, that was just negotiation. No, now that we like each other, we can talk about your first job. My first job? Ah, yes, your first job. Let's talk about that, <laughs> Ultima beamed. Now, a few villages over, there's a man goes by the name of Messiah. He's built himself a temple, and he's converting lots of people over to his funny little religion. Of course, that's causing some tension with some of the people there, who've already got their own funny little religion. The wizard Jesus. <laughs> wizard Jesus. The wizard Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, makes a, he makes an appearance sure. in my story oh, He's omnipotent. Well. <laughs> and they want him gone. 
We've already started planting the seed that the man is some kind of demon, so by the time you ride into town, the mob should be well and truly riled up. All you have to do is put on a bit of a show about how you're a monster slayer, blah blah blah, ask for the reward, go to the temple, and let our man do the rest. Sound good? Do I have a choice? Clara said. Of course you do, Ultima smiled. Your choice is, you do this or we kill you. Or should I say, we hand you over to the authorities and let them do the killing. No point getting wrapped up in unnecessary nefariousness now, is there? <laughs> Clara smiled a sickly smile. As she walked away from the carriage, she couldn't help but think what a fine mess all her lying had gotten her into. What a fine mess all your lying has gotten <laughs> yeah. us into, so yes. yelled from inside the scabbard. Love that. that didn't help. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the carriage, Slippery Mick was sitting opposite Ultima. The fat lord was smiling, looking and feeling like a pig in shit. <laughs> that was almost too easy, Mick. You've done well. The carriage groaned and leaned to one side as an enormous patchwork man carrying his head climbed in on one side. Did it work? The creature asked. Like a charm, Ultima replied. The one above knows I don't like resorting to blackmail, but we couldn't risk her saying no or letting anyone know about the scheme. You played your part beautifully, Bill and Stein. Common misconception, <laughs> no. the creature said. <laughs> no way. Bill and Stein was actually my father's name. <laughs> Einstein. Oh, that's strong. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that though, is it? It's the name of the monster. Outside the temple, Clara was being ushered to the front door by a few of the more eager villagers. Please, Miss Clara, free us from the tyranny of this terrible beast, one man was saying. Don't let him get our children, a woman wailed. Clara had had limited interactions with the children of these villagers, but she already felt like she'd be doing them a favour if she did let a monster get them. She was trying to dig oh, her heels man. in to stop the pushing. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, she yelled. I'll slay your monster, but do you really need to see me go through the front door? Yes, monster slayer, one man replied. The whole village has turned up to wish you luck and see you in action. The whole village, Clara moaned. You've got to be <laughs> shitting me. Okay, enough. She suddenly ran forward and a few of the people pushing her stumbled and fell. She wheeled round and drew sword with a flourish. What the fuck was that? A sword <laughs> who had been asleep. But Clara ignored him. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Villagers, hear me, she cried. And silence fell on the crowd. I will enter the temple tonight, and you may not see me again for one full day, maybe more. Rest assured, I will slay your monster. No one is to enter this cursed place until I walk back out that door. She pointed sword at the ornately carved wooden doorway. Then turning back to them, she said, I put my ward here to keep you safe from the evil inside and she quickly used sword to carve some gibberish symbol into the dirt. <laughs> Clara, sword spluttered. I'm a fucking magic sword, not a stick for writing in the dirt. He was drowned out by the cheering of the crowd, though. Idiots, Clara thought. And once again, she was amazed by how quickly people would believe anything they were told. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> uh. The whole village had turned up to watch her slay Messiah, which she thought was funny, because if the whole village wanted him dead, then who the fuck had been turning up at his <laughs> temple before the Assassin's Guild ran their smear campaign? That's a good question. <laughs> Without another word, she pushed Sword back in his scabbard and marched towards the doors dramatically. As soon as she was inside, she looked around the cavernous space filled with pews and golden statues and typical religious paraphernalia. She walked quickly to the back of the room and found the window the Assassin's Guild had scoped out. She opened it and waited quietly. The man who squeezed in through the window was dressed completely in black, right down to a covering which he wore that obscured the bottom half of his face. He said. <laughs> what? said Clara, scrunching up her face. Uh. The assassin rolled his eyes and undid a clip that was holding his face covering in place. 
I said, are you the person I'm supposed to meet? Well, if the person I'm, well, if I'm the person you're meant to kill, you're off to a terrible start, aren't you? <laughs> the assassin looked at her for a moment and thought about this. Eventually, he said, "Are you the person I meant to kill?" <laughs> oh man, he says shit. <laughs> Clara sighed. No, I'm not. But then I would say that even if I was, wouldn't I? So you're just going to have to take my word for it. You're after a man, as it goes. This so-called messiah who runs this temple. He sleeps in the rooms above us. Ah, very good. The assassin said. Clara thought he was remarkably trusting for a man in his line of work. <laughs> in that case, wait here. I'll be back in ten minutes. What do I do if you're not back? Clara asked. Hmm, good question. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe wait another ten? <laughs> I've, always, I've always wondered about that, to be fair. <laughs> Clara rolled her eyes and slumped down into a pew. The assassin began pulling blades out of various scabbards and pockets. Without a word, he adjusted his face covering turned to a small wooden door, opened it, and ran silently up some stairs. Clara waited ten minutes. Nothing happened as she stretched out on the pew and looked around the temple. The statues were a bit off-putting. Large horned beasts with claws. <laughs> they looked a bit grotesque, to be honest. Who'd worship that, she thought. <laughs> After ten more minutes, she began pacing up and down the central aisle of the prayer room. She drew Sword from his scabbard. Do you reckon he's all right? Well, Sword said, he's a trained assassin, isn't he? against one little priest. Unless, that is, he's just lied about being an assassin, yeah. the same way you lied about being a monster slayer. I didn't lie, said Clara. I think you'll find that technically, by the time I met Lord Ultima, I had, in fact, already slain one monster. <laughs> a lucky shot. And actually, I think you'll find I did most of the work. Clara was about to protest when they both heard a blood-curdling scream from upstairs. She nearly dropped sword in fright. What was that? she whispered. Sounded like a scream to me, Sword whispered back. Whose scream was it, she asked. Oh, I'm not totally sure, Sword said. <laughs> One moment, let me consult my big book of everyone's scream ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're such a dick, Clara said. And then she sprinted towards the staircase. Oh, At the bottom of the stairs, she peered up into the darkness. She couldn't see anything. She put her foot on the first stone step, then the second. Sword hissed a protest, but she shushed him and carried on ascending the staircase. As she reached the top of the stairs, a torch flickered in a sconce and cast a large dancing glow over the body of the assassin well, lying slumped sconce. on the floor. Do, do, do love a sconce. Yeah. Clara barely managed to contain a scream. You're probably going to die, you know, said Sword. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Clara, like Tarantino like shit. Tarantino me. <laughs> Clara ignored him. As she was searching the corpse, she failed to notice a shadow begin to loom over her. The shadow grew and grew until she was completely engulfed in it. Her eyes widened as she realised and looked up to face a hideous, demon-like creature. Red and black skin covered the creature's enormous body. The face was animal-like. <sighs> they fucked her here. They fucked her. They fucked her. The face was animal-like with a snout and evil-looking yellow cat's eyes. Huge horns protruded from the head and fearsome-looking tusks curved upwards from the mouth. The creature snarled and grunted and then coughed and then said, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Another assassin? Because you can see what I did to the last one. No, no, Clara stammered. I'm not an assassin. Then who are you? And what the fuck are you doing in my temple? <laughs> Clara's mouth dropped open. This is played by Jason Statham. It is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Or Vinnie Jones. <laughs> one of them. One of the cockney white boys. <laughs> Wait, your temple? Your messiah? The demon smiled. Ah, so you've heard of me. Yeah, I'm Messiah, but you still haven't answered my question. Clara took a moment to steady her breathing. 
She felt there was no point lying. I've been blackmailed by the Assassin's Guild, she started. They want their assassins to kill you and then use me to legitimise their money. She told him everything, despite Sword's <laughs> protest. Is that right? Messiah chuckled to himself and stroked his chin. Slowly, he began to shrink down to man size. His skin turned a normal colour. He was quite a normal, unassuming-looking man. Long hair and a coarse beard. He was wearing robes and flip-flops. His hands were covered in rings. <laughs> <got> flip-flops. <laughs> but, you know, fantasy yeah, flip-flops. Yeah, fantasy flip-flops. They're different, different kind of flip flop Totally different flip-flop. His hands were covered in rings with various precious stones embedded. His voice sounded so much quieter in this human form. So, the Assassin's Guild are having a problem with their cash flow. Hmm? You know, I've been having a similar issue. The kingdom frowns on donations to demonic cults for some reason. Tell you what, he looked at Clara. Clara, Clara said. Tell you what, Clara, I think we can come to some arrangement here. I'll let you leave this place. I'll give you one of these rings so you can tell people you've slain the creature. I'll move to a new village, take a new form. Then you carry on with your arrangement with the Assassin's Guild, but you'll also take my money. I I don't know, Clara began. I was kind of hoping this would be a one-time thing. <laughs> with a roar, Messiah flashed back into his demon form and took a menacing step towards her. That said, she said quickly, <laughs> what issues could possibly come from being embroiled with the Assassin's Guild and a demonic cult? Who knows? It might be fun, she forced a <laughs> smile. Messiah smiled with his now human again mouth. That's what I like to hear. Clara walked out of the temple, holding the ring above her head. The village folk cheered and whooped, and she took a bag of cold coins from them. She walked off towards the woods and nearly cried as she saw a plush carriage roll up and the door swing open. What have I got myself into, she muttered to herself. Who knows, Sword said in a high-pitched mocking voice. It might be fun. You're still a dick, you know, said Clara. <laughs> and that's the end. The end. The Love end. It. Oh man, what a great story. Fantasy Ozark. Fantasy Ozark. That's <laughs> what we needed. Just what we needed. Yeah. That's what the world was clamouring for. It'll be fancy Ozark if in the fourth story she turns into a fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Clara's yeah. really going to go off the yeah, rails. Yeah, off the rails hard. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed writing it, mate. I felt like yours was so much funnier. Fuck me. The fight scene really <laughs> had me. Oh, nearly spat drink everywhere. Those were the stories from the request, the first, the inaugural first request. Inaugural request. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you want to hear more because we really want to do some more. Absolutely. Um, we'd like this to become its own spin-off thing. Maybe, yeah, yeah, eventually. In the future. Absolutely. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you have ideas for tropes that you want to see us do in a fantasy style, do send them in. You can get us at breakfast underscore club on most social media. Um, yeah, and we look forward to hearing from you and hearing what you thought about this. Let us know what you enjoyed about the stories, what you didn't like, if there's any characters you'd like to see back, if you want to see Slippery Mick get his comeuppance. Or Treb Skull Pisser do some pissing. <laughs> or that dancing skeleton guy. Let us know. We put out a brand new film episode every single Thursday. We try and put bonus content out in between. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned at Breakfast Underscore Club to stay up to date with all the latest. And we will see you next week. Yep, see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.